But first, Elon Musk has officially acquired Twitter for more than $44 billion. The tech investor and billionaire says he plans to improve the social media platform by making it easier to authenticate accounts run by humans and not bots and making Twitter's algorithms public to increase trust with users. But critics are concerned about Musk's plans, saying his focus on free speech could allow for more hate speech on the platform. Fez Siddiqui is a San Francisco-based tech reporter for The Washington Post, and he joins us now with the very latest. Welcome back to Reset. Hey, thank you for having me. Fez, on Friday and even on Saturday, his attempt to buy Twitter still really felt unlikely. But then over the weekend, the tables begun to turn. So what happened? Yeah, um, I think that's right. I think a lot of people were still sort of dismissing it as uh, attention-grabbing or even trolling. Um, Twitter began to seriously evaluate uh, Musk's offer. Um, I think uh, that turnabout may have uh, coincided with Musk uh, revealing that he had funding in place. Um, He had financing from Morgan Stanley and other banks, and he had pledged some of his uh, Tesla stock even. Um, So I, I think once the Twitter board realized that hey, this guy actually is willing to put his money on the line and has the money to do it, Um, they started to take him a lot more seriously. And the board's vote was unanimous. Were you surprised by that? Um, Not necessarily. I think when uh, these kinds of um, big uh, news events, acquisitions, mergers, these kinds of things happen, um, I think the board generally has to be in alignment, um, at least, you know, if there is a dissenting voice, um, I think that will get um, the time and consideration uh, merited. This transaction happened so fast uh, that it seems like uh, it would have had to be unanimous. Yeah. One prominent board member who came out with very strong support for the deal was Twitter co-founder and former CEO Jack Dorsey. What did he have to say? Yeah, um, so Dorsey expressed his view that he thinks Twitter is basically a public good. He doesn't think it should be a company at all. Then he said, interestingly, solving for the problem of it being a company, uh, he trusts Elon. Um, He trusts Elon more than anyone, I think is what he said, Hmm. um, or something to that effect. And uh, he trusts Elon in his mission to extend the light of consciousness. Um, those are his words. And, um, of course, a lot of people are trying to interpret that uh, and apply see how that applies to Twitter. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what uh, Dorsey said. So he really um, enthusiastically endorsed this. Yeah, interesting. Musk still has some hoops to jump through before the deal is finalized. And it's expected to take months, anywhere from three to six months. So what comes next? Yeah, so there are questions. Well, obviously, they have to um, finalize the deal. Uh, You know, they've agreed to it. um, So no one's expecting um, the deal to uh, go anywhere, but, uh, you know, results in Musk's ownership at the end of this whole ordeal. But um, what happens next is there are questions now about the executive team, like will Musk want to retain uh, the same leadership at Twitter? Mm-hmm. Um, how quickly would Musk see his changes through? Uh, you know, he said he wants an edit button. He said he wants to open the Twitter algorithm. 
um, he has laid out all of these plans that he has for Twitter. And how, how are those going to be filtered down to management? Um, and how quickly are, is he going to see those through? Given that this is such a big deal, how likely is it that the, the Federal Trade Commission or the Department of Justice will open a review of the deal? Um, I, I can't say, uh, or is it, I would be speculating on how likely it is. Of course, like the antitrust question has come up. Um, it's not like a easy, it would not be like an open shut antitrust case is what we're hearing because, you know, Twitter is not um, something that's in the realm of what Musk uh, typically operates within. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not an electric car company. It's not a rocket building company. Social media is a pretty new space for him. Um, so, you know, there, I assume there will be some pressure, uh, regulatory pressure, um, but it's unclear uh, what that case uh, might look like or whether it might be open at all. You know, I'm, I'm starting to see a trend here, Fez. You know, a, a billionaire owns Time magazine. There's a billionaire owning The Atlantic. As you know, a billionaire, Jeff Bezos, owns The Washington Post. And now this news. These are folks who've got such an influence on, on vital information that we are consuming every day. Should we be concerned? I think there is certainly that uh, trend in place. I was on a show actually uh, uh, before this where someone pointed to like the 20th century of this uh, William Randolph Hearst and, you know, other big conglomerates um, owning these types of owning, uh, uh, you know, whether basically massively influential communications platforms. There wasn't Twitter, right? Um, I mean, I think it does put it into this narrower um, group and like just uh, uh, there, there is this trend now. Uh, toward it. But I think we sort of have a sense of what led to this, at least with traditional media, um, which is what happened during the Great Recession, what happened to all of these newspapers and these very influential publications um, and their values just essentially being tanked. Um, and they, they, they were up for the taking. Um, of course, Twitter is a bit different. Twitter is not traditional media, it's social media, but um, it is as or more influential than any of the publications that you've listed. And so um, I don't know, like, whether whether this is a good or a bad thing. Um, yeah. It does seem it's going into this narrower pool of, of hands. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of us are trying to figure out, Fez, whether this is a good or a bad thing. Um, you know, unlike some of the other household names in tech, right, when you think of, like, Apple or Google or Facebook – Twitter's stock's been seesawing up and down since its IPO in 2013. How much did that factor into the board's decision to sell, you think? Like, did they think Musk's offer would be just their best option? They didn't, you know, there weren't other offers. And the board also had to consider what's been happening to some of these other tech stocks. You know, I can't get into their specific thinking on this, but... Um, if you look at what's happened to Netflix uh, since they reported uh, disappointing earnings, if you look at what happened with uh, Facebook recently, um, some of these companies are dealing with a lot of um, strain, at least relative to their position in the market before. And uh, it's very possible they looked at this and they said, this is the best offer that we have, uh, the only offer that we have, but sort of the best um uh, you know, bailout that we've had come our way in years, and we have to take this. And not only we have to take it, but we have a fiduciary duty, uh, you know, to our, share, to our shareholders yeah. um, to see this through. 
Speaking of shareholders, Twitter is now going to go from being a public company to a private company. So what does that mean for shareholders and and for a much bigger group, Fez, which is us, Twitter's 217 million daily users? Yeah. um, So Musk has said he wants to let the maximum allowable number of shareholders remain on. Um, we, we don't know. It remains to be seen uh, what that's going to look like in a privatized uh, Twitter. Um, I mean, it does mean uh, some of the disclosure requirements um, are no longer in place. Twitter won't be a public company. Um, so some of the same types of um, SEC filing uh, deadlines and um, you know quarterly earnings, those things don't have to happen uh, the same way they would before. Um, so a privatized Twitter will mean um, a less, you know, a company that is less available to the public. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking with Washington Post tech reporter Fez Siddiqui about billionaire Elon Musk officially acquiring Twitter. Coming up on the program, we'll examine why life expectancy is dropping in Chicago and what the city is doing about it. We'll hear from Chicago's top doctor, Allison Arwoody. Fez, I want to talk a bit more about how Twitter might change in the coming months and years. So let's think big picture here. What kind of changes could be in store? So Elon has laid out um, a series of changes that he wants to see. Let's start from the the bottom and probably the most broadly popular in edit button. Um, He conducted a poll. Overwhelmingly, users said, yes, they want an edit button. Mm Mm-hmm. He also talked about open sourcing the algorithm. What does that mean? Well, the algorithm is sort of a series of decisions that determines what you see on your Twitter timeline at what particular time. Um, Of course, it was meant to be chronological, but uh, that's changed more recently. Elon has said he wants that to be open source so people can view it and scrutinize it. Um, Content moderation, I think, would look a lot different based on his comments. Um, He said he wants to err on the side of allowing tweets where there's any debate over whether it should be allowed or uh, disallowed on the website. Mm -hmm. err on the side of allowing it. Um, He generally believes that permanent bans, uh, he said permanent bans should be used sparingly, if at all. They're sort of the last resort for him, and he much more believes in timeouts. So so does that mean Donald Trump is coming back? So he hasn't actually weighed in specifically on uh, former President Trump. Um, I think there's a lot of speculation about what's going to happen, um, and there's been some reporting to this effect. Of course, I I believe Trump said yesterday he doesn't want to return to Twitter, um, but whether it means that that Musk, Musk has not weighed in. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, he says Twitter is going he as in Musk says, you know, Twitter is going to become this haven for free speech. So it it does beg the question as to whether the former president will will make a return. Um, He also says, uh, Musk, that he he plans to defeat spam bots and authenticate all humans. Twitter's already had a heck of a time, Fez, trying to deactivate bots. Does that seem like a realistic goal to you? Um, I mean, one thing I've heard throughout all of this, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of reporting scrutinizing Musk, but I, I generally the sense that I get from people is like if he um, has a sight set on it, um, you know, don't, don't doubt his ability to see it through. 
um, you know, the methods of seeing it through might be different than what the company would do under a traditional leadership structure. Um, but it, it does sort of raise a question of like, all right, so spam bots seem to be a limit um, to your absolutist stance on allowing speech. Um, so, you know, there's a sort of the first test, like, that does establish a limit to what Musk would allow on, mm-hmm. on the website. I want to touch briefly on how Twitter makes money. So just like Facebook, it's an ads business, but Musk has said that it's not the only way. So what can we tell about his plan so far to bring in revenue? Yeah, I mean, Musk has never been a fan of the ad model um, as it concerns social media. Um, he doesn't run ads uh, for Tesla in any sort of traditional way. Um, so, and he's also said he's not really interested in the economics of Twitter. Like, that doesn't really concern him. Um, That's important, so, though, <laughs> from a business standpoint, yeah. right? From a business standpoint, right, and from a lending standpoint, why would these banks give you all this money if you have right. no chance to monetize the platform? Um, but at the same time, he has succeeded in monetizing um, Tesla um, to the extent that, you know, he has sold cars but also taken advantage of the programs that allow Tesla to turn a profit every quarter, um, you know, regulatory credits and all that that they receive. So he has shown an interest in um, turning a profit with his companies. Um, in this case, uh, it does seem that he is more interested in his principles for how Twitter should be run mm-hmm. uh, than the traditional ad model that social media companies embraced. Well, as you said, Fez, you've been writing about Musk for a long time, and of course with this sale, you've got plenty of material to, to come in the coming weeks and, and months. So what are you going to be paying the most attention to as the deal progresses to a close? I'm really curious to see the how, how Musk will steer his, uh, his sort of philosophy uh, through the company, how he's going to implement some of these changes that he's talked about. Um, I'm paying close attention to what might happen at the executive level at Twitter, uh, whether Musk will retain the current slate of executives. Um, I mean, it's also we also just need to keep uh, focus on how this deal is finalized and, you know, what the Mm -hmm. terms of the deal are, how involved the owner is going to be um, in the company. Um, And as far as privatization goes, how many other – people he brings along with him. Uh, he pledged to allow as many shareholders as he could. Uh, what does that mean in a newly privatized Twitter? It'll certainly be interesting to watch. Fez Siddiqui is a San Francisco-based tech reporter for The Washington Post. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.